Dave and Karen, Good Bank, you bank. You bank. You bank. Uh, the Good Bank. Uh, <laughs> bad affiliation is was the the newlywed game. You remember when that was on TV? No. Nope. It's Bob Bob Eubanks oh, plural. Good Banks. No, nope. there's no such thing. What uh, decade was that? <laughs> it was late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I was born in the eight, late eighties. Sorry. Late 80s? 87? 87. Makes me 35? 82. Oh my goodness. You were born a year before I graduated high school. You're not that old then. That's why why you're on the show, to bring a level of maturity to it. (laughs) Right. Right. We appreciate that. Now that everybody (laughs) has done the math and realized how old we are. (laughs) Right. Well, we don't know how old Greg is. He graduated a year after you were born. Right. And if people are listening, they can do the 53, math. 53, 54. I'm going to be 53. Yep. Oh, there you I go. know you can't tell by looking at me. Nope. I want to put you a day after 52. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Okay. Well, welcome to the Stories for Glory podcast, where we look at the stories of man, and we look for the glory of God in them. Today's episode, we are looking at a Christian documentary called Free Burma Rangers, which came out in the year 2020, two years ago. What's it about, Caleb? Right, yeah, it's published by Lifeway Films, so I don't know if it's affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention, but Lifeway is their press. So uh, It's about a couple, a family, uh, Kevin, no, Dave and Karen Eubanks. Um, Just one bank. Eubank, Eubank. And Dave is a... Uh, missionary kid from Te- well, he grew up in Texas or in Thailand. Um, went to A and M, got into the military, ended up becoming an army ranger. Um, sounds like he served a lot of time, right? In the military, yeah, that's what it. Yeah, it sounds like that. Um, so it's kind of that that kind of personality. You can see that in, in just his character. Like he's very kind of serious, mm. straightforward, get to the point. <clears throat> Um, and he wasn't planning on going to the mission field. And then somehow when he was trying to court Karen, uh, this idea of going to Burma, uh, came across his plate and he jumped on it. And so he moved over to Burma and they were working in the bush. Well, before they left, he's like, I'm going to go to Burma as a missionary, Karen. You coming along? He's like, well, you you have to marry me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which is pretty great. She's to put the, the pressure on you, right? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. It's, it's you know. And she's like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. Um, and so they go to. I think they're in Burma for twenty years. So was that about twenty four years? Twenty four years. Twenty. So twenty six okay. years now. And so, what they're doing over there, and I didn't realize this, but apparently the world's longest civil war is happening. And Burma, Myanmar, whatever you want to call it, I think Myanmar was a ploy by the government to try and, you know, take some of the, mm. the, the bad rapport off their plate. <clears throat> Didn't work. And so what they're doing is providing medical aid and helping the, the Burmese mountain people, the, the, the natives. Yeah, I guess, the indigenous. The indigenous people um, as the, the government and the government army are attacking the indigenous people and they're, they're providing aid and trying to, to bring to light what's actually going on 
uh, in Burma. It's pretty well hidden world. from the right eye of the media. Mm-hmm. It's not big enough. They're not a big enough country. There's you know, maybe there's not enough resources for them to really get we're, much publicity. We're worried about Putin, right? And so, in the process of that, um, they they kind of um, what's the word monopolize on their Free Burma Rangers uh, brand in a good way. What they're doing, right? In a good way, <laughs> and go over to Iraq uh, during the ISIS uh, hmm. invasion. <clears throat> Back in 2019, I think, what was it Mosul, Mosul, uh, Nineveh, Mosul, Mosul, Mosul. Nineveh, Nineveh, whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of, the the story kind of ends with their their time in in Mosul, uh, doing the same same types of service. Yeah, medical, yeah. humanitarian aid. Mm-hmm. Somebody in Iraq called and said. We need only you guys can do what you do. We need your help over here. Right. So they left the civil war in Burma to go over to Iraq. Yeah. Does that summarize? Is that kind of the idea? And just what their yeah, their a, their story. Yeah, it's a documentary of their life. Raising their kids in the bush. Yeah, they have three kids in the mm-hmm. time that they're in Burma. Right. It's pretty crazy, but I guess the Burmese do it. Yeah. When he brought that up, and that it was kind of like, oh, I mean, because as as Westerners, we look at that and go, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just nuts. And then he's like, but yet all the Burmese indigenous people, they that's their what kids. their kids are doing. Yeah. You know. Well, I was watching it with Aaron and I made a comment like the We look at a missionary family like that, raise three kids in Burma and then take them over to Iraq to do the same thing. And we were like, oh, that's, you know, everyone's so like, how, what bad parenting? It's like we send our kids to schools with masks on. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, here in the States, that's what we do. Here. Yeah, that's good. And like there's that one scene where he picks up his son or his young daughter or something, and they're like in white rapids. Throwing and he just water. chucks him into the water, yeah. like the fastest flowing stream I've ever seen, and he just throws him in. Yeah. He's like, deal with it, kid. <laughs> and but then he jumps in right after. Right. Woo! Right. I, that's, how I, that's how I learned to swim. It was on a dock, and I just sank. But my dad was just like, there you go. <laughs> okay. Get in the water. Yeah. But yeah, th- th- that was great. <clears throat> yeah, so, so we should have, and like one caveat, I know Greg, you don't like qualifications and caveats. Mm-hmm, right. But this one's okay, because you said it was earlier. Yeah. So this is a documentary, which when we started the Stories for Glory podcast, one of our goals was to help our Christian brothers and sisters learn how to interpret and analyze a story to start seeing things that image bearers of God inherently build into storytelling. And so not just go to watch a movie mindlessly, but to understand what's being taught in the, in the story. And this is not that. This is a real-life documentary. It is that in a certain way because it's God's story. We, necess- we can't necessarily critique the themes and symbols of it. it like we could with say signs or guardians of the galaxy or no country for old men so i guess what we we're going to do for this episode is talk about what we liked about the film and the story uh as these christian fa- this christian family and their work and then also perhaps maybe a, a smidge of critique things that we've learned so mm-hmm. so it won't be it won't be the same kind of episode but it will be the same kind of episode. So, so where's the where? Well, I guess we've already talked a little bit about the glory. Twenty six years in a freely 
choosing freely mm-hmm. of your own will to be involved in a civil war that's lasted for 62 years and you're, you've been there for 26 years of it. What was the phrase? Cojones? Is that what Cojones, right. Like, that's a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, yeah. Of, think about when we tried to do new things. When you talked about doing vinyl. Is that Vinyl wall coverings? Vinyl wall yeah. coverings and how terrified you were yeah. the first time you had to do it. <laughs> 26 years <Yeah>. later. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got people at church asking me to do Bible study on Revelation. It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, just yeah. going, going where no one's gone before. Right, plotting. It's that plotting principle of just the slow. I mean, it's nothing's changed overnight. I think that's a it's a good lesson, for sure. I watched it with Miles and Ames. Or sorry, my my children. I don't know if I'm supposed to name drop, but my two oldest boys. Name dropping is when you do it for credit. Oh, right. Like oh. I know Doug oh, Wilson. Do you guys know Miles' names? <laughs> yeah, great kids. <laughs> um, with them, and I think the thing that Miles was most impressed by was just his courage, yeah. his boldness, and it's hard to deny that. Like just how the dude operated in very intense situations. You're like, wow, like good for you. Yeah, you go, you go. You know, it's it's, it's good for my, you know, for my boys to see examples of that and how how can i take and i just we were chatting right before this like i don't i don't want to go do what that guy does i don't have to go do what that guy does mm-hmm. but like his life can encourage us to you know take risks be take baby steps of braveness baby steps. right that's the next episode yeah. <laughs> well you said something to me in a text greg about the movie that he's a good example of living out the reality that you're immortal until, oh, yeah. until God says otherwise. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking of when Caleb was talking. Uh-huh. His, uh, I forget how the line went. Was it Whitfield, I think? Oh, I don't know. I thought he kind of made it up. It could be. <clears throat> but oh. the line about staying... Uh, oh. You don't... Help me out here. The safest place for you to be. Yeah. Is in the path God has laid out for you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even if his path was in the Burmese jungle when there's fighting going on, but you know if you're in God's will, kind of the Stonewall Jackson idea, if you're in God's will, that's the safest place to be no matter the terror that's going on around you. Right. It seems like he taught that, not to his family too. His Mm -hmm. wife said something very similar. And he said that, yeah, I think the swamp of sin or in the the good of Christian living or something like that. But if you're, you know, there's two sides of that. Yeah, I, that was really good. Yeah. It seems like he really believed that element of his faith. Yeah. You know? Yeah, apparently he did. Mm-hmm. And his wife, too. Right. Yeah, and you talk about the boldness of this guy, but you have to give a lot of creds to his wife. Right. For yeah, I can understand a man there. going over there. Yeah. Uh, Burmese soldiers are... Myan- Myanmarians? <laughs> what do you call? What, what's the what's the opposing army? Where I don't remember Burma. who the bad guys are. I should have done more research. Army. Burma army or whatever. Like if, if you're a man in the field, they'll just put you down. But if you're a woman in the field, well, they talk about what happens to women, mm-hmm. and you really have to have a whole lot of courage mm-hmm. to be a woman and go into a place like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because her. Her hell on earth would be worse than his. Mm-hmm. 
Right. The, the quote I mentioned, that you're immortal until God chooses otherwise, mm-hmm. I think that came from Whitfield. Oh, okay. Because people would throw dead cats at him. They would draw swords out on him. A couple of people took, took shots at him. <laughs> and somebody asked him, traveling preacher, right? No, George mm-hmm. Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep doing this? He said, well, I'm immortal until God says otherwise. Mm-hmm. If God wants me dead, I'm dead. Kind of like Stonewall. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, a whole lot of courage, a whole lot of bravery. You see it in multiple places, and obviously what they're doing in Burma, but in, uh, in Iraq. They just pack up and move to another war zone. <laughs> Bring the kids. Let's go. They're jumping out of airplanes and parachutes. And <laughs> right. yeah. You know, the whole thing is just a life of bravery. And then rescue, going in and rescuing people uh, in the midst of a gun battle without a firearm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Without a firearm of your own. Of your own. He did have one at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he did because he ended up killing some. They said ISIS he killed three. Guys. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Right. We'll talk about that a little bit get later. Him, get over some of his pietism. Actually, his be the sword. Pacifistic pietism. Right. Yeah. Yeah, be the sword he's supposed to be. But yeah, so there's stats here in the, the first week that they were in Burma. They treated over a thousand people. Uh, medicine and hospital type stuff. And then over 24 years, they trained over 4,000 teams of Burma Rangers. I wrote that down because I thought that was. That's pretty impressive. That is very impressive. Mm hmm. Yep. Helped over. Wasn't it the, wasn't one of the stats like 1.5 million people? Whatever that. Uh, what was the IV? There was a. They had a yeah. name for them. Uh, um, internally displaced people. Yeah, there you go. IDPs. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing great great work in that regard. Yeah, and I don't remember how close. I know to take video of the war crimes, then they were getting right up in the fighting. You have to, yeah. Quite often. But when they were treating people, I don't know how far removed. Mm. When they would hear gunfire. Yep. But it, I mean, it wasn't like... In the show MASH, where you're way behind enemy lines and you might be shelled or something. Right. They were, they were right up in the action. Yeah. Yeah, and there was that scene in Burma when there were just him and the few men and the cameraman, obviously, was just standing there in the jungle, surrounded by all the green foliage. And he's, and all you can hear is the fighting, and he's telling the men what's happening. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, how experienced do you have to be in battle to know what's going on? Right. Just by sound. Uh-huh. And he's talking about when the army, uh, the flanks coming around and who's retreating and who's doing what. And, you're, and all I hear is, duka, 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 <laughs> I'm like, he, he's probably right, actually. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's pretty well experienced. And he was times a ranger, too. Incredibly calm in those moments. Right. That was, I mean, it's like on his cell phone, standing behind a tank, calling in for smoke cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, was it in Mosul when. Uh, they're just walking down the road, and like a block away, there's just this big boom in a oh, dust right. cloud. And he's like, oh, that was a mortar. You know, like, that's how you say it? <laughs> you know, like, oh, that, that was just a shell. Right. No big deal. Yeah, it's kind of like the Stonewall principle. I mean, he probably, yeah. along with his life, yeah, just, his, he knew his time was fixed. Yeah. So we like those kind of characters in the movies that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like that. And Hans yeah. was that way. You know, in oh, Hidden Life. In Hidden Life. All the way back. It's a good yep. quality. Yeah, that, that kind of courage and bravery, steadfastness. Mm-hmm. 
you'd rather guys like that would rather die knowing that they're doing what's right than run away or what's the principle like if you know you if you know you can help and you don't help would you call that a sin of omission mm-hmm. and he certainly felt called to go and help yeah yeah what else do you guys see in for the glory? I thought one of the cool things, and I, this isn't white privilege. I can see how I wrote that in my notes. How come they're not talking about their white, privi- white privilege? But uh, bringing in, so the Western world, which has in recent past been Christianized, is the place where the Holy Spirit has developed the world the most. And the developments of that Christian world are being brought into these third world nations Mm. to help save lives you need the Christian West to come into Burma and save people you need the Christian West to come in mm. or at least the products mm-hmm. the produce the medicine and the technology advancements of care yeah and that's a great gift of God mm. to be able to share that with the world the things we've created right yeah and on the flip side probably you can attribute Western influence to the the weapons that the Burma Army had yeah. the sure. technology they were using. Mm. Yeah. But that's true. The entire earth, uh, time has passed the same on the entire earth, but there are some countries where... They don't have water heaters. Yeah. Or clean water. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, until the gospel goes there and the spirit starts moving people, and then there'll be what we would call productive Calvinism again. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I appreciated that and what we can do with the gifts God's given us. Yeah. Into the world. I like the, the parenting element. There was parts of that that were just fun to watch. Just uh, seeing those the product of kids that live a little bit more, I don't know dangerously is the word, but just mm-hmm. thinking about that. We, we, we'd taken a hike over the weekend <clears throat> certain members of my family didn't want other members of the family getting like more than 100 feet ahead of us with two dogs guns you know it's just mm-hmm. like <laughs> come on you know it's like yeah you know calling in the helicopters you know <laughs> keeping them protected I mean yeah like there's a I don't know I, yeah just kind of the what it was producing in their kids I think that I mean it was seemed like it was encouraging at least the two daughters I mean that when they're kind of interviewing the kid the, the youngest he was still like I'm just really glad I have get to have all this fun in this world you know, I like, get uh, to run around oh, the jungle right yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, but it seemed like the two older daughters were I mean it seemed like they were growing up wasn't the oldest one driving the Hummer <laughs> yeah in yeah. Iraq right like rescuing <laughs> gunshot gunshot victims you know like, right that one girl who gets her eyes blown out by shrapnel or something. Yeah. And the daughter's just driving the hum the Humvee. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. You know. I think Lainey would give it a try. She's kinda <laughs> bold, but mm-hmm. only if you're with me, Dad. Yeah. Were his daughters along when they were under fire? In that other... I don't think so. I think it was just yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I think they said something he said something, his wife and his kids stay back at the medical shelter shed. Mm-hmm. Place. They don't go into reconnaissance missions. Yeah. Even know. in Burma, mm-hmm. him and the men go out on the reconnaissance missions. Mm-hmm. Right. In the filming and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's good. They at least have a, an understanding of what men and women are for. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Although they did send a little girl with the rope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just run out there 15 feet and throw the cord. Just 15, 20 yards. There's a low wall. They can't hit you. Five-year-old girl. Wait. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> All right. So talk about bravery. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's we'll true. We'll give her the gold star. Yeah. She, won- she wins the purple heart. Metal. Whatever that is. Yeah, that was interesting. To use her like that? Yeah. Because he, he could have done the same thing by crawling. Yeah. Next to the wall. Yeah. Because a grown man on his hands and knees crawling is still shorter than a <laughs> six-year-old kid running out into the open. Hmm. Right. Uh, kids, so brave. So brave. So, so brave gullible. For, uh, uh, yeah. Innocence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. He was also kind of, he was a, seemed like he was a father figure. Um, a lot of those guys on his team really looked up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought that was, it was neat. Um and just wherever he went, it did seem it seemed like it did seem like he really loved the people that he was serving. I mean, would build a relationship with them. It, it grieved him when he lost his mm-hmm. interpreter. Yeah, was his, uh, not Muhammad. What was his name? Uh, started with an S. Yeah, Shaheen. 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 Yeah, you know. So I mean, the, was that the guy who was he would drink all day, smoke cigarettes, <laughs> smoke yeah. cigarettes in his face? Yeah, and they became best friends. Right. Yeah. Like, great. Yeah, what else you guys got? Yeah, what do you got, Greg? Um, I think you've covered everything <laughs> I have. I'm trying to think. I watched it first, so it's been a little bit. Mm. No, it was... I could never do that. That's for sure. Mm. Right. And I, and I think you mentioned this, too. It doesn't. It doesn't really put pressure on anybody to feel like we all have to go do that. Right. Yeah. Where sometimes the mission field, sometimes that pressure can be there. Oh, the real work of God is being a missionary. Right. By pressure, you mean guilt. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get that in this. Right. It was very yeah. unique. Don't feel guilty. You're not Dave Eubank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving your family to. Mosul in yep. the middle of an ISIS-occupied territory. That's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, what's beautiful about the kingdom, too, is there are guys that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And there's also faithful men painting houses and you know shepherding congregations and supporting phone systems for the state of Montana, like all that kind of... I mean, it's... Yeah. God yep. has us all uniquely in a, a place. and mm-hmm. I, I like that, because you do sometimes watch missions-type movies and... These people are suffering. What are you gonna do? About right. It? Yeah. Well, like gonna, what you're doing is gonna not finish enough. my bowl of popcorn and. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we can be encouraged by their lives, and and you know I think I normally end up you know with at the end of uh, watching that just a little bit more encouraged. Like that's great. You know, there's what people are doing for the kingdom. Minus, I mean, they're like we said, we're gonna talk about some of the critiquing, but just in a, in a general way. That's happening in the world. That's mm-hmm. how God is advancing on the front. I think watching dispatches from the front is the same idea, where the guy specifically goes to persecuted parts of the world where the church is on the front line, pushing against the kingdom of darkness, right, mm-hmm. and bringing the hope of the gospel. It's just like that's awesome. Like, hey, have you ever seen those? Mm-mm. No. Do you own them? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Yeah, I own them. When I worked at Baker, 
when I was in seminary, I watched a couple of them, but Ooh. I haven't seen them in years. We watch them with the family every now and then, just as a, just a, re- a reminder, like, this is part of what God is doing right. in his kingdom, not just homeschooling kids and seeing dad work 40 hours a week. There's other things going on to you. No. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it was good. It was informative. Current history. Things I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what to, I'd never, this, I, I might've heard the phrase before, but I had no idea what it was about. It, the only thing I knew about Burma was from Rambo 4. Oh. <laughs> I remember it being mentioned in World War II stories. Hmm. Uh, I remember it because there's a band called Mission to Burma. <laughs> Yeah, indie yeah. band from like the it was, 90s. It was, uh, oh. Tooth and Nail Records. I think it was uh, Matador. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we turn to a, a critique? Which you might be thinking, how could you guys critique that work? <laughs> but this was. Here's another caveat. So one of the things that we ought to be doing as Christians. Uh, is under is a if we're gonna critique people, it might as be our, might as well be our own family, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we watch, what's a recent mo- when we watch what's a recent movie, Open Range. Uh. We don't necessarily expect coming coming into the movie. We don't necessarily expect there to be explicit Christian theology mm-hmm. being taught, and so that's why we stories for glory. We look for. Who, I don't know who directed it. Was it Kevin Costner? I think so. You know, well, you know what, the themes and the symbols that he put in that movie as an image bearer of God that we can dig out and understand the worldview and critique the worldview. You know, is it an atheistic worldview? Is it a nihilist worldview? Mm-hmm. And so on. But in this, just as if we were to watch a Christian movie, we'd be harsher on it than we would be mm. on any other because Christians are held to a higher standard. There's different expectations. And at least in this documentary, I thought the Christian theology was bad. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps we could give a couple of, ex- we don't need to harp on it too much, but perhaps we could give a couple of examples of things to be wary of um, in the theology that this family has. And again, this isn't denying that they're doing great work. Mm-hmm. You're right. right. They are doing magnificent work. Uh, but... The theology that underpins it. If if you took the theology away from their humanitarian aid, you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. There there would be nothing missing. Right. And I guess that could lead into a discussion of what is the mission of the church too. But um, yeah, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier before we started recording, Caleb, that the universalism kind of bothered you. Sure. You wanna maybe point out a couple things of where that crops up. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole, well, their their creed, I don't have my notes, I forgot them, but do you have their creed written down for the Free Burma Rangers? Oh, no. Mm, Is I it on remember. that? Yeah, maybe it's on here. No, I didn't write down there. Um, the motto? Yeah, that's just kind of their motto. Um, basically, that they're willing to work with any religion, any, you know. Oh, yeah. Is that all... any uh, man or woman, any religion, just love people? Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, mm. I mean... Yeah, it just and just the idea of we're we're, we're just sharing like it's, it's strange to hear an army ranger using the term 
love so openly and freely, almost like a hippie, you know, I talk, like just in some of that. I don't, I don't think that was necessarily his full intent, but it just, it just seemed to lack. Well, okay, there's an example when he's praying with the Iraqi um, general or whatever he is, mm-hmm. Muzzle, and he's like, I was praying to God that he would send someone and who... I would have never guessed that it was going to be a Christian from America. Right. And it's like, well, that's a different God. Like, yeah. you're not the same God. You know? Allah is not the same. Right. And there was no correction there. There was like, so with the boys trying to explain, no, that's, he's not praying to God. He's praying to his God. Which know, is a demon. Which is a demon. He's not praying to <laughs> mm-hmm. the God, right. you know? And so there was mm-hmm. just that, yeah, it was, it, it's kind of. Was, was that the part when he meets the general and the uh, Dave Eubank says, God was telling me to pray on my knees. Oh, right. That part? There's that part too, yeah. And and then the Muslim general accepted him. Mm-hmm. I was like, was God telling you to pray on your knees? Or did you know that Muslims pray on their knees? Right. Were you, right. right. And were you trying to get in? Yeah. Because if he said that in the film, well, I knew this is how Muslims prayed. And if, if I did that, they'd be softer and they'd let me in and I could get some work done. Well, great. Right. You know, but you know you know, God told me. And, you know, God was telling me in that moment I needed to pray on my knees. Yeah. It's like, I don't think he was. But. Right. <laughs> right. So just, I mean, just some of the, the looseness there. Um, and again, I mean, I, I think that can be countered when he, he emphasized quite a bit uh, when we would pray with the kids or when we would pray with these people. Make sure you're praying in Jesus' name, right? Like, make sure that they know we're praying, you know, through our mediator, like with the the prophet mm-hmm. that they don't believe in, or I guess they believe that Jesus was a prophet, but is that as far as it goes? That's as far as it goes. Right, that he wasn't God, mm-hmm. and so yeah, so they honor Jesus. Mm-hmm. Muslims do, but they don't think he's part of the Trinity. Yeah, well, they don't believe the Trinity. Right. So yeah. just kind of that it's kind of social justicey a little bit in that regards that the 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 mission of the church is um, restoration reconciliation of societies, and it's like well that's part of it. Yes, yes, yes and amen. But it's more than that. And I think that was what was kind of maybe missing at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought the rapport he had with Muslims was great. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than, I'm not helping you guys because you worship a demon, blah, blah, blah. Right. right. But he seemed to blur the line between the true God and Allah. the demon Allah. Right. Yeah, the syncretism <clears throat> of that. Yeah, when that one lady is shouting out, Alu Akbar! Mm-hmm which is Allah is great. And he goes, that's right. God is good. And you're like, no, yeah. no, right. that's not what she's saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but in his mind, he even said, um, one day your enemies will, all your enemies will be your friends. And that, that's universalist. One day we'll all be reunited. One day we'll look back on when you rape me and beat me with a fence post and we'll laugh about it. One day all your enemies will be your friends. No, right. no, they no, won't. They won't. You know, yep. mm-hmm. those who di- who die in hatred and rebellion of God will live forever mm-hmm. in hatred of God. Yeah, and that was missing there too. It seemed like he kept trying to to correct. Oh, the, I just have to love my enemies. Period, all the time, uh, and that love never yield. You know, wields a sword. And I don't think that's what the scriptures teach either. Yeah, that kind uh, of pacifism. Right. It was. It was just kind of like no. There's times where ISIS is wicked. And if you have the op, and thankfully he did, right? Thankfully mm-hmm. he yeah. shoots some terrorists, three. you know, some, three, yeah, ice three total, right? Yeah. Good number. Right. What is? He should have got seven. What's, what's? He should have got seven. <laughs> three or seven, right? 
we, we need uh, Jim Jordan to come explain. <laughs> no. Um, so that was also the... Or Jonah. I have Jonah his Barnes. shoes. I, I have his shoes. <laughs> no, the real Jim Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that there was just times with that too. And I, I, I get the vigilante justice, you know, kind of trying to go and seek vengeance on your own. But at the same time, I mean, these ISIS men are yeah. raping and murdering women and children. Blowing up innocent kids. And, and he's not there functioning under the oversight of any particular government. Uh, he's there of his own free will, like a mercenary, so kind of. It'd mm-hmm. be interesting to have a soldier sitting here next to us and give us his take on that. Yeah. Because yeah. there was that part when the landmine blows up and that little girl dies. Mm-hmm. And he's just so mad. And he gets his M16 or he's, maybe his M4. Ices, yeah. And he's like, we're going to go get them. We're going to go get them all. We're going to kill them all. And I'm thinking in my head, yes. <laughs> like, damn right. About time. <laughs> and, yeah, about time. And then he goes, we need to repent of our hatred. Like, if there's a moment in your life mm-hmm. to have hatred against the evil, it's right then. Right. Mm-hmm. When this little girl gets blown, and her whole family gets blown up by a landmine, yep. because these men worship a demon. Mm-hmm. It's like no, mm-hmm. you, you get mad. Right. And yeah. he'd started to make a difference. And well, I opened up my Kindle and I pointed. Oh. And I was like, ah, man, you did go to Fuller. <laughs> and it says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay," says the Lord. And he started making a difference between vengeance and justice. Mm. And he said, "Vengeance is fueled by hatred." Justice is fueled by love. And I was like, you just made, you just said vengeance is fueled by hatred and vengeance belongs to the Lord. <laughs> like, so so you can't have vengeance because it's fueled by hatred, but God can. Right. And no, justice is also fueled by hatred. Mm. Justice hates injustice. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Justice is done over in the oversight and under the authority of proper law. Yeah. Vengeance is when we don't have law to govern us anymore. Mm-hmm. So when, when there's martyrs in the first century being put to death by Nero, you don't have an appeal in the courts. There's no justice, right? The, the Christian martyrs can't go to the Roman courts and say, hey, we're being persecuted. Uh, we'd like to bring our case before you. They'd be like, thanks for walking in. To the lions, right? <laughs> and in instances like that where you'd have no justice, yeah. God, God promises you vengeance is mine. Right. I'll, I'll get it. I'll cover it. And so he's blurring... He's really not just blurring. He's kind of erasing the categories of vengeance and justice, which really frustrated me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in our current culture. No, it's right. a reflection of our current culture. Right. He's been infected by that yeah. with the whole justice system that we have, where they go lenient on the criminal to show love right. to the poor criminal. Yeah. But in doing that, you're hating the victim. And in the same in these circumstances, he's actually right. showing hatred towards this family right. by by feeling awful for wanting to prosecute, execute. Yeah, yeah. So biblical yeah. justice is loving. Mm-hmm. So when a, when a righteous judge puts to death a murderer, you know, a guilty murderer, that is love. Right. Mm-hmm. It's removing the wicked, and that's loving. Yeah. That's what God does. And that's what God will do. Yeah. And so that, that bothered me. Because he said the same kind of prayer uh, in Burma when those, when those two women were raped and killed. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just want to kill every last soldier. And I was like, yeah, you should. Right. Like, that's what they do to innocent people. That's, what they, that's go... how they treat women? Right. Like, yes, you should get enraged about that. Because mm-hmm. that could have been your wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he 
ask God to forgive him for feeling that way. I was right. like, well, how do you think God feels when his when his church gets persecuted? Mm-hmm. Does God just look at the Muslims and say, oh, well, I know you beheaded 50 of my people, but golly darn it, I just love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. like, go back and read your Bible again. Yeah. So, so I think that was... That could, that's very harmful uh, theology, in my opinion. Yeah, as, as I'm watching it with my boys, too, you know, as we're trying to develop <clears throat> since becoming Presbyterian, right? So we get used to all the Bible. Um, yeah, it's, it all belongs to you. Right. As we're even thinking about certain Psalms, how to pray, how we pray God's justice on the wicked, you know, mm-hmm. bring them to repentance or remove them from the earth like they're... So there's just, I don't want to have them confused that somehow, you know, it's okay for, or, or we're supposed to love the enemy that rapes and murders women. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know that that's what Jesus was implying when he talked about turning the other cheek or loving your enemy. Or right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. When Nancy Pelosi died, I had a beer. <laughs> she Thank died. You. Oh, yeah. is she are, still kicking? Are you? Are oh, you, not Nancy Pelosi. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. <laughs> It's like, wait, <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna get a beer. You, you, sorry, Ruth Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, when she died, I had a beer, and you know, we asked for reformation and revival in the nation, and that God would remove our wicked leaders from over us, mm-hmm. and He did. Yeah, and That's we say, and prayer. we say thank you. Right, and yeah. it, and you'd probably have two beers if she repented. Oh yeah, you we know? probably would have wrote a song about it. Right, if she repented. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's the idea that we're trying to get at. Yeah, we love seeing wicked, because we're all wicked sinners that have needed repentance, right? We, and so, like, that whole, I don't know, like, that's what, so trying to teach that to the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we love seeing repentance. But if repentance doesn't happen and ISIS gets to continue to, to proceed with killing mm-hmm. hundreds of more people, mm-hmm. then maybe something else should be done about it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, that's... Yeah, the love your enemies wasn't a, a New Testament uh, anomaly. I mean, right. we were, God's people were always supposed to love their enemies. Uh-huh. Mm. But the, the song they sang in the Old Testament, Saul killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Um, I don't think <laughs> David was wrong in his killing of the... When the Philistines invade your border, you yeah. protect your women, yeah. your cities, in your fields, in your homes. Yeah, or, or what was he doing... With his 600 men, um, he wasn't going around just loving people. Right. I mean, how did he amass... Well, he was. He was loving Israel. <laughs> his yeah. yeah. How did he amass that huge pile of foreskins? They didn't just hand them over. I mean, they were forcibly That's taken. Right. He made all of their corpses covenant members. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, and that blurring of loving your enemies, uh, spilling over into categories like that, mm-hmm. he... It shows up when he's telling all these victims, you know, like the girl who almost lost both of her eyes, but she only lost one. Mm-hmm. And these people who were shot, and you know, your parents are dead. You just need to forgive. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to forgive your enemies. You need to forgive. God wants you to forgive mm-hmm. them. And the biblical category of forgiveness is not that. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is something granted upon request. And so God doesn't forgive us unless we ask Him to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's repentance. Right? So you don't forgive the perpetrator of these violent war crimes unless the perpetrator of these violent war crimes asks you for forgiveness. 
which at that point you have to as a Christian offer it, as a you, Christian you forgive them right but he's saying uh, you know, they raped so and so they killed so and so and that was your mom and you just need to forgive them yeah no you don't right. no you need to you, you'll have to grow and learn to live at peace with what happened mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. you don't have to forgive them mm-hmm. and there's a, just a different kind of category there mm. forgiveness is granted when we ask but that's he says things like, God is love. He loves everyone. Well. <laughs> because if you say God is love, God loves everyone, then you run into the question of, why is there a 62-year civil war going on in Burma? Right. And why is there hell? Why is there hell? Why yeah. is there hell? Why are, peop- why, are it- why are little kids dying in Mosul? Uh. You know, like, his categories don't fit the life he's living. That's what I mean, the theology underpinning his humanitarian aid doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. You right. take the theology out, and he's he's just a good human. So. Mm-hmm. Which is part of why I think he's on Good Morning America or whatever. And there's, oh, was he? Uh, well, there's uh, it's something like that, you know. And they're they're applaud- and it's like that. It's it's applaudable in one regards. Oh, yeah. I, 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 that's that's what we're trying not to do is beat it down or you know make it. But there's that part. It's like that's why the culture kind of liked him because yeah. it was all humanitarian based. Right. It was. Like uh, when you're not confronting Islam, then it turns into more of a social gospel, Um, just strictly humanitarian aid. Right. Um, But you're leaving, you're freeing them from physical bondage to ISIS, but they're left in their spiritual bondage to Allah, and all you've done is make them comfortable on their way to hell. Right. And I would say also, like, we don't know. I'm, I'm sure he shares the gospel with people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But not once in that docu- in an hour and a half documentary did you see him with the Bible open or even talking about the Bible to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just that one reference to, well, I opened up my Kindle and I pointed at my Bible. Mm-hmm. And this is what I read. But other than that, like, what do you, what do you tell the people? Right. You know, you have a translator, or you he learned Burmese, like, and I'm sure he does, but right, it just wasn't. Yeah, in there, the was the, there was the right. one guy that had converted from, that was taken as a child to the Burmese government army or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. and then he repented, while well, he he All goes right. over to the yeah the FBI indigenous people FBR right and has a conversion experience and gets baptized and you right. know so oh. I, th- I think that's part of. But it's just—it's not the emphasis of the film. It's yeah. like, like you're saying. I think that's—I think that's something that Christians have to to remember as we think about justice issues in today's day and age. Is are you just going to kind of make their life more comfortable on the road to hell? You have to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go—you know—they go. Things go hand in hand. It's not just what's that that stupid quote of uh, preach preach the gospel, use words if necessary, or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, I was right. told by a pastor that Paul said that in the book of Romans. <laughs> I was like, that was Francis of Assisi. You shouldn't be a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Because Paul in Romans says faith comes by hearing. Yeah. It's Romans 17, 1. Yeah. I think. <laughs> First Opinions, chapter 2. <laughs> right, but that's the, that's just the day and age we live in. Is So what happens if all of those, he saves their lives, mm-hmm. and they don't, Repent and believe in the one true God. Yeah. 
Well, good. You just extended it extended their, their condemnation yeah, twenty exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, all we can go on is the movie because right. that's that's mm-hmm. what we can critique. Right. But if all of that's going on behind the scenes, that's great. But if it's going on, I think they should have made it more central. Especially as a, a Lifeway production. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like a Good Morning America production. Or right. Yeah. A yeah. secular studio. And that's why I think, going again, referencing those dispatches from the front, like you're seeing the gospel preached. Yeah, those guys and are you're more, seeing transformation. In they're more life. reformed, more yeah, Calvinistic. Yeah, more Baptist, I think, or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, just... That's just those little things in there. Well, they're big things. And we're not saying one or the other. Mm-hmm. We want both. Both and, yeah. When, you know, Paul says in First Corinthians, you, know, you can do all sorts of miraculous works, but without love, they're nothing. Mm-hmm. And that goes the same, like if Dave Eubank just went to Burma with a Bible open, with no medical supplies. Right, yeah. And he's just standing on a hilltop, and he's yelling out, repent. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not doing any good either, really. Yeah, right. And so we want... Both. Both hands. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You get band-aids in one hand, uh, Bible in one hand, mm-hmm. and the love of God. Mm-hmm. You want to take care of his images and redeem those images. Right. It's kind of like the book of James a little bit, like faith and works, you know. Faith mm-hmm. and works. It's, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. And that, again, we're being a little more critical because it's a member of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you would... You would, uh, if your crazy uncle came over and told your kids stories, it'd be like, well, whatever. But if the Sunday school teachers told the same stories to your kids, you'd be enraged at the Sunday school teacher because they, that's, hey, that's what not you your doing? job. Yeah. yeah. Or you're doing and, your job poorly. And the yeah. same with this Christian movie. I mean. If Dave Eubank was sitting here at the other end of the table, I think nothing of anything I've said would change. I just might be a little bit more intimidated. Yeah. What is he, 57, and he's got a six-pack? Like, okay, dude. <laughs> dude was ripped. That dude was ripped. And he said how old he was. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. I'm slacking. And uh, Yeah. So, yeah, and I would, we would love him as a brother. But that's mm-hmm. why we would talk this way to him. Right. Because he's a brother. So. I didn't have I one a six-pack. See? <laughs> oh, wow, Greg. Wow. I have, I have no clue. <laughs> There was I, no wonder Melanie the, can't keep her hands out here. <laughs> one other glory in it was it was really well done. It was very well produced. Like I think I've watched two good. We watched that even Exile, which was really well done. And this was a really I mean a really well done mm. documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put some good I money mean, into it. Yeah, it wasn't just a, a chintzy production. So that was also, which is because we've we've chatted about that a little bit. Why do all Christian films? And the grand, this is a documentary. Mm. Why do they just kind of yeah. suck? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, most, most no, Christian films are sentimental altar calls. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Which aren't good either. Yeah. You know, like, or just cheesy be, story, yeah. We need to be good, faithful storytellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Free Burma Rangers, I think it's worth a watch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how to rate this one. Because right. it's not a movie. It's not fiction right you know it's, god is at work doing all of these things so. mm-hmm. yeah we can't really say well i would have wrote it this way yeah because mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on a subjective scale of what god is doing in the world <laughs> i would do it better you know? right well I, I thought uh in regard to you know the fact of the film what they're doing uh, the boldness the courage um 
the help that they're giving all of these people. I mean, I'm just going to change my rating system. Two thumbs up. Like, yeah. Five stars. You know, just great. Keep going. Mm-hmm. In regard to theology, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thumb down. Right. right. I'm glad they're going in Jesus' name. I'm glad, you know, that uh, that's about all they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's that one part when the wife said, whatever you want to do, just do it in Jesus' name. And I was like, this isn't magic. Right. What are you talking? It's not, in Jesus' name is not a magic wand. Right. But that's pretty much as far as Jesus went. And it was kind of disconnected from the local church. There yeah. might have been mm-hmm. some universal church, you know, elements, but like, what are they doing with their kids on Sunday in morning? On Sunday morning? <laughs> that you don't see that. And we all, we know that the church is essential. I mean, that's mm-hmm. God's right. means of advancing the kingdom. And yeah. so... Does Free Burma Rangers have a chapel mm-hmm. with a chaplain? Or is Dave Eubank under the authority of some elders in the States? Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds mm-hmm. of... One of the traveling evangelists my family supports, we support him partly because he is under the authority of a local church. Mm-hmm. He's not a freelance. Mm-hmm. He's responsible to people. Right. So. That's important, too. It is very important. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't a, think of that until just now. He's an open-air preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah, you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You, oh, you know. Campus yeah. preacher. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. We should have him on. Yeah. Yeah, we should. But, cool. So anyway, I don't know how... I don't want to yeah. give it a an A-plus kind of... Or a 10 out of 10 rate. Like, I don't want to give it those kinds of ratings because mm-hmm. right. it's not that kind of thing. But I think it's well worth a watch as, a, as Christians. Mm-hmm. Watch it with age-appropriate family. We wanna... Right, yeah, I... I hadn't watched it yet, and so we were, I was chatting with Jonah, and I watched it with Miles and Ames, knowing there was going to be, it's different, like you're actually seeing real, live, real blood, real death, footage. real actual footage, and so I, we just, Jill watched part of it with us too, and I just had them close their eyes. A couple points. A couple points. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a handful of times where it's a little intense, and, right. which is, again, that was what made it great. I mean, it kind of... It didn't hide much. It didn't hide. Yeah, exactly. And it's not over-the-top gory. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing people being shot you know, or blown up. You'll see bodies afterward. Mm-hmm. And But there's not a whole lot of uh, visual blood or dismemberments or anything like that. Yeah. You'll see burned buildings and uh, gunshot victims and mm-hmm. lots mm-hmm. of bandages. Lots but... of bandages. I mean, the little girls dying. Like, that was... Right. That, and that's a real little that's, girl. That's hard, mm-hmm. yeah. That... He's holding in her arm, in his yeah. arms. Right. That, right. That's should, the heavy you part. Sh- you should go get ISIS for that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the heavy part. If our listeners are interested in this, make sure your kids mm-hmm. are mature enough to be able to handle that. You know, it's different in a fictional film where you say, "Oh, they're just actors. Nobody got hurt." Uh-huh. Yeah, but that that was a real girl. Yeah, I think I asked Ames because Ames is probably on the the fringes for me, and he's read some of those. Oh, great battles for boys, or they've rented, or checked out books from the library, or checked out, not rented, um, like from the World Wars. And there'll be times in those books where there would be pictures of, like, mm. dead men that got mustard gassed or something. Oh, right. And yeah. it's like, well, it's like what you, how old were you when you were reading that book? I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> You're right. Like, I should probably be a little bit more selective. But, yeah, I, I think, again, I don't know what his youngest son is has age he's probably about the age of miles and judah you know so he's like on the front lines with this guy at times yeah so. oh, we're just saying prepare your kids prepare them if yeah, you're exactly. gonna watch it yeah and yeah. 
help them understand and deal with it afterward. Mm. Yeah. Anything I, else you guys? Good. I gave it three out of five Karens in oh. honor of his wife. In honor of Karen. But not a yeah. Karen. Not like a Karen. Oh, I'd like to hang out with her. She seems oh. like a cool Karen. Yeah, no, not the COVID Karen. Right. Not the mask <laughs> Karen. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think of that when I thought of that rating. Oh, but. here we are not wanting to give it a rating and you, you, did you just it, go ahead and do it anyway. You gave it a rating. Thumbs well, up, I gave it a up. different rating oh. than our normal one. Okay, how about six out of ten Karens? <laughs> That's his. No, that's mine, isn't it? I'm out of 10. I'll go 18 out of 30, Karen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, Greg. No. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. I enjoyed watching it. Yes, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, this was a recommendation, and it was worth the while. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast. Until next time. How oh. long? How long? Hold on. It's still going. I pressed the wrong button. Proverbs 25.2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.